Greetings, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I am your co-host, Alex Dandino, soon to be joined by another guest, and of course, Josh Griffey. But first, a little business. Friends, yes, that's true. We are on Patreon now. It's a wonderful month to contribute to our Patreon page. We got such cool stuff. For only a dollar a month, we'll throw you on the Discord. You can talk to us about other stuff. You can, and then if you pay $3, $5, $10, we can start letting you pick movies for the show. Who knows what could happen? Who knows? There's that. Also, again, we're on all the socials you're on. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you use Facebook, I don't know. We actually just had a question about that recently. But either way, Twitter... Instagram, we love them. We love y'all. We're there. Find us. We do all the same stuff you do. And please, as always, if you find the time, whatever podcast app you use, especially if you use Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We would really appreciate it. It's lovely when you do it. We always appreciate your love, your time. That's it. Guys, let's get to the pod. We have a very special guest for this episode Um my friend Jay Rollins, who's a comic book artist that I know through, I think, just Twitter. We just met on Twitter and maybe a couple of anthologies. I can't really remember. But either way, Jay's a wonderful guy. An amazing pod we did about this amazing movie, The Witch or The Vavitch, depending on your um, feelings towards, you know, New England typeset, typography. I'm not really sure. Either way, it was a really, really fun conversation. I love The Witch. So it was so much fun talking about this movie, talking about sort of the themes and everything that's going on. And Jay was just such a great host. He was so much fun. He actually asked us questions, which again, is very, very rare and is very, very weird. But we had such a good good time. It was so much fun talking to him. And now you get to listen to it. Here it is. We're back! Another day, another pod. I don't even know what day it is. I, I, I don't even know where this is in the schedule. We're bleary. There are no days in the depth of the abyss. It's all over. It's another awesome episode, guys. We are here with a friend of ours, Jay Rollins, comic book artist. Jay, how you doing? I'm good. Awesome. I'm here to talk about uh, the purity of christianity and how you should follow it or bad things will happen excellent summation of this we're changing formats uh we're trying uh, to get Jay. that joel osteen money for all the folks at home tell us all uh, what you what you do you're a comic book artist tell us about yourself um i'm an indie comic book artist uh a bunch of stuff that I've done won't get published until next year. So I have nothing really to talk about, but I, I have a, a Twitter and an Instagram. My name, Jay Rollins art. Hang out great stuff. Hit him up. Thank you. I, that's exactly how I, that's exactly how I, uh, <laughs> how we came across one another. I uh, found you on the, found you on the Twitter verse. And now, now we're going to talk about this. Jay, tell us the movie we're talking about today. The witch. Yes. The Vavitch. The Vavitch, for yeah. those of you for those of you into New England typesets. I can't believe we've never gotten to this movie yet. Would you like to start with why this movie leapt to your mind uh for you to talk about with us today? It is so unabashedly just a folk tale. It is not taking a twenty first century perspective on what a Puritan looks like. It is genuinely the story uh that the people in that town whether or not it happened this way told their kids happens if you leave the sanctuary of the town that uh that a goat got possessed and told the little kids to run around uh, and like the told the mother to be idle even though there was work to do and told the father to have pride like that's it tells the story so genuinely. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. You know, what's funny. This might be the all time biggest turnaround I've ever had on a movie. I was thinking about today because I remember that the marketing campaign for this movie is kind of one of those first wave a 24 things 
where everything was so slick and you're like, holy shit, I can't wait to see this. And I remember, I think it was the trailer said, this generation's the exorcist, scary as fuck, whatever. I'm sure that last part wasn't in there. But I, I went to the theater and I was like, I am ready to just have my fucking hair blown back, right? And it's so funny watching this movie today, thinking back to my first reaction. I left the theater and I was fucking furiously mad. I left the theater and I was like, this is one of the most dog shit films I've ever watched. And I hated it. And I was so fucking There's mad. There's no subtitles. I don't, yeah, maybe. I don't know what it was, but I just sat there furious, right? And I left and I went home and I told my wife, she's like, what are you talking about? You sound crazy. I was at the theater the next day before they opened waiting. The guy like, it was like clerks. The guy walked in. He's like, yeah. And I was like, give me one for the witch, damn it. And I went back the very next morning because I had to figure out why I was so mad. And then it all kind of settled on me once the expectations had washed away. And now I absolutely adore this movie. I come back to it all the time. So I don't I don't know what it was about that first viewing, but I think it's funny how just completely enraged I was. What did you think, Alex? When was the last time you had watched The Witch? I think I watched it based on something. You told me I had to watch it. And then I like I was it's one of those things like I don't I'm not a like leap at the movie theater guy. So like I like I'm excited to see things, but I'm not like excited to see things at that mm. point. This also is just like Again, not necessarily because of the marketing. I'm like, it looks really cool. I'm going to wait for like video on demand because I'm not like I'm not jumping out of my like I'm not jumping off my couch to like go to the movie theater to see that kind of movie. So finally (laughs) I saw it and it just fucking floored me. Like, I mean, like and I watched it. I watched it at night alone. And I, I mean, it was there are parts of it that are genuinely the genuinely like I was looking over my shoulder. And, like, it's not, to me, like, after, like, now several watches, it's not, like, the scariest movie I've ever watched. But at the same time, it kind of is. Because, like, people are, like, it goes back, like, there's nothing scarier than real people. Like, absolutely nothing. Nothing is scarier. Like, you can throw whatever you want. You can throw the fucking devil in a movie and nothing scarier than the person that you have to deal, that you have to deal with in front of you. Yeah, well, I think that's the funny thing. And Jay makes an excellent point, right? This is not a movie that's showing us, like Fear Street, right? That's a modern movie mm-hmm. showing us what it would be like to be back then. Yeah. So I think you're expecting this slick, hyper, kind of scary stylized horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so stagnant. And I think what happens is is you just get stuck with these people. And you're struck by just watching it, you know, just watching this family devolve. Because I think you mentioned it too, Jay. There's no reason to assume that any of this truly happened as we're being told right this could literally just be a family being consumed by the wilderness and there are so many moments where the camera just lingers on family members so excited almost to judge their children husband whoever as an agent of satan rather than just admitting that they can't fucking hack it in this forest and that that is really something horrifying yeah, and what makes it what makes it a uh, a folk tale for me instead of a horror movie? I actually think if there is no witch with the giant mortar and pestle, if there is no Black Philip wearing the 16th century Spanish clothes, if there's no the like, old puss in boots outfit, <laughs> there, and there's no naked walk. Uh, but so if there's none of that, but you still retain everything else, where you already know that this is a puritanical christian father who has Mm. fucked up and won't admit it and keeps (laughs) thinking that it's satan he keeps describing it as satan and every every one of his follies befalls him like all that uh devolves into him killing his family that's a horror movie if you made it just uh a psycho who thinks that it's satan Mm. um what makes it a folk tale is that the story is genuinely telling you his pride lets Satan in. And that's why this is all happening. Yeah, well, there's this absolute subtext in the film, right, of just kind of taking the piss out of religion as a whole, right? And You know, not to shit on anyone who's religious. I think if that helps you get by the day, man, whatever. If you're not hurting anyone, do it. But there is this idea of people who look at religion from, you know, where we are now, and that this idea of the God and the devil both existing at us at the same time, right? And that movie, re- this movie really p- drags that out in a brutal way. 
you know, there is a thought that, because that's something we just brush past, like, what do you have to do to be too fucking annoying to hang out with other pilgrims? <laughs> you know, yes. like, when they're just like, get the fuck out of here, you suck. He's like, I'll not be judged by ye fake Christians. I'm like, dude, fucking hit the bricks. Yeah. Take your shitty dog and your scary looking wife and beat it. You <laughs> like, what do you have to do to be worse than the people that fled society to go live in the woods and just be Christians? Well, and they we told him what it was. <laughs> it's his prideful conceit. They told yes. him it was it was his prideful conceit. They they're even they're literally saying, like, just chill the fuck out and you can stay. Yeah. He's like, I would up. never stay with you. I would never stay with you. I don't even want to stay with you. I can build a house. You know why? Because I can chop wood like a motherfucker. Like watch a me chop motherfucker, wood. yeah. Watch me chop wood and let me watch me build a house. And that's, you know, within the construct of a little pilgrim society, being able to chop wood and being able to build a house, which we know he can do, is very important if you have other people who can do other things. But he thinks he can do it all. Yeah. Yeah, there it's it's just so fucking strange right because i again this might get me in trouble but i feel like there are certain hobbies people have that are just more annoying than others right like fantasy <laughs> football guys crossfit guys and religious people like when i meet someone and within like two seconds they start like talking about religious stuff you're just like oh boy red flag like i'm looking for an exit strategy right the same as like there are just things that take up way too much of people's time so you just imagine these pilgrims just out fucking slay it. Cause this is the other thing that kept striking me. It's like, so you are so devoted to God that you flee to this new world, right? This movie's constantly asking, what are you getting for that bargain in faith? Yeah. Right. It's, it's Definitely. just, cause that's what I notice is they leave society, right? Cause you're like, this guy's probably annoying them. They're just like, dude, we're just trying to like chop some wheat. Like, can we stop like with all the fucking high horsing? Yeah. But once they get out in that woods, right. You're watching this man really have to come to grips with his absolute nonsense, right? What happens when you go in the woods because you are the most pious man of all time and you don't find God out there, right? And maybe you think you find this fucking fairy tale witch or whatnot. That's a real brutal confrontation moment that we have to watch everyone in this family go through. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably the... It's in, like It's interesting, like, Pride's one of those. Pride's one of those like seven deadly sins. You know, it's one. Of, it's one of those seven deadly sins we don't like really discuss enough because, like, in essence, pride ends up being much more about stubbornness and like un un like. And a lot of the time, it gets rebranded by like as like unshakable faith. You know, like, and that I think is the thing that mm -hmm. makes this movie so unique. And like you were saying, Jay, like a folk tale is that this is like a man who believes at first that what it is, and obviously it changes over the course of the film, but at first, like this is about his unshakable faith. It's better than everyone else's. It's like this brand spaking better faith in what it's, it, yeah. it, it's, it's this pride, it's pride in your faith. And like, that's not what faith is. And it's such a fascinating deep dive into like, not even like what pride costs, but more just like what piousness beyond comprehension can cost you yeah he had an unshakable faith in himself mm -hmm. that was what this whole movie was about yep. um because uh, like okay so he he takes the cup and he sells it to native americans for two guns yeah. and two traps his wife later was just like i wish we had that cup we could have gone into town and gotten a fucking bushel of wheat we could have got and right? he's like oh <laughs> so so she's saying we should get food. He's saying I should get tools so that I can get us food. Right. And there's and if you go into town, he doesn't want to go into town. Nope. He doesn't want to talk to another white person again. He's embarrassed. Been there. And <laughs> <laughs> we all have this year. <laughs> no Christians will he will never talk to another Christian again. He's better than them and he's uh, embarrassed to be around yeah. them all at the same time. Well, um, it's it's the scene when his son is just laying there dying. Yeah. And he's like, well, I got to gather up my shitty corn because we can't go back empty handed. He mm. cannot even admit to save his fucking child that he sucks at growing corn. Right. Like he just can't. He cannot stand that moment. And there's a lot of that. The one scene with the dad that I'll really remember. Right. Because you have this moment of him. You know, he's on his knees crying as he's just wood chopping, you know, like. Save my children. I'm sorry. I'll lick the dirt. Ah. 
Well, when his son dies, right, and he follows Thomason out of the house, right, and he's kind of comforting her. He doesn't believe she's a witch, right? He would never have raised a witch. That's another sign of pride, right? His his child couldn't be the witch. And he's holding her, and he's like, that fucking tree will be beautiful. We'll build this big barn. And it's not until she starts spitting facts in his face. It's like, you yeah. fucking suck at farming. All you do is chop wood. Look, the entire your wood pile's taller than our house. That's all you are fucking good for. You suck. You can't hunt. You blew your fucking eyes up, whatever. When she starts saying that, you see him turn from this father who's kind of shielding her from the mother, right, most of the movie. This hardened face, and he just goes, bitch, and launches in at her. Not because he thinks she's a witch who killed his son, but because she is finally telling him the truth that he knows, but he doesn't want to confront. And that scene is fucking horrifying, right? The fact that he now he sees his child as an enemy simply because they're they have agency to tell him a verifiable fact. Well, and even the reason she launches into him like that is because he's acting like he's comforting her. But really, he's True. doing that thing True. where you're talking about all the cool stuff you're you were gonna do. Mm-hmm. If uh, if all the stuff that wasn't my fault had happened, I was gonna build a barn. I was, he's not saying it's all gonna be okay. We're gonna make. We're gonna get through this. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's talking about how great he is again, and yeah, she can't handle it. I mean, it's 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 interesting. Like for all the folk tale, the, this is like probably the most modern thing about the movie is this argument, this converse that that scene alone is like the most like common thing among married people. I feel like it's like you can't do shit. Like neither can you. What the what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Like I feel like I like watching that scene. It was like I feel like I've had this conversation. Like especially during the pandemic, locked in the locked in a house with my oh, wife. Like yes, we've had these fucking like blow ups where it's like yeah, duh, we're both idiots. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah, and she's like, well, you fucked up first. Like it's all this. Why whole- are you buying another ukulele? <laughs> you shut up. No, I mean. It's true, though. I mean, that there was one weird part where I thought he was going to try to roll over on Catherine. Yeah. And I was like, I'm 100% in for this, right? Like, normally I don't really care about sex scenes in movies. Whatever. This one, I was like, I got to see. Like, what is, what is making it worth, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> which, which scene? So there's a scene. I think it's when she's just like, it's after the dinner where they, they unfurl the cup, right? Or she talks yeah. about the cup. And he's like, what need if we had chalice? Don't fucking chide me about a chalice. And there's a little moment there where, uh, you know, he's like, you know, I love ye. And she kissed his hand. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to like pilgrim fuck. And I was excited <laughs> as hell to see what that bit looked like. So I was like, I feel like they would hate having sex so much. They obviously are doing it all the time. I forgot how many kids they had in this movie. She's only horny for Jesus. Yeah, uh, that's what that's, I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. But you could just imagine he's just like, ugh. Oh, see, and that's like furthering his pride of being so pious is like, oh, she loves me for the Lord. Like, it's even worse. Like, you, th- then that's another <laughs> sin. So You're like, no, but assuming you he yourself. Out, he heads out with the little Jesus thing around his waist while he chops wood. It's literally him. Like, it looks like they might be intimate, not even sex, but maybe like give her a kiss on the face. Anything. Um, and then he yes. literally just does the like, I'm going to go work out. <laughs> have my whey protein shake ready when i get back in no it's it's fucking bad but there there is a lot of that with every because the character today i thought was pretty interesting there's really leaping out of me was caleb because i think he's kind of the case study of this film both realistic and supernatural right because supernaturally he's kind of the point case of do i think that there's a witch in this movie right because he goes out with Thomason, right? Whatever. Dog runs away. There's this fucking devil rabbit that keeps tormenting him. He chases it down. And his ultimate undoing is kind of a funny one, right? Where I was like, the only one who could narrate this segment of the story feels like Caleb. Because one of Caleb's motifs through the movie is every time he's near his sister, he's got to just stop and lock eyes on the tits, right? Like, he's really into the the like blossoming young sister, right? So there are a lot of these weird close-ups of like him looking at cleavage. When he sees the witch, right? Almost every kid on earth, even if you have a gun that's three times as tall as you are, you're going to fucking run away. Why does he not run away? Because when he sees the witch, she comes out and leans down 
and just a bountiful amount of cleavage. And I was like, he's fucking undone by the tits. His, his sin of the movie. <laughs> and so that's the scene where I was like, if Thomason's our narrator, did she know that he was always looking? Was that tickle fight by the creek a little more nefarious? And so she just added the busty witch into the story. So that's why, like, maybe there was a witch, right? But even more, just watching this boy follow his father today, that was the scene I loved when he's having him repeat uh, the prayers he learns, right? And this and that. And he's like, we are born in sin. And it's this really sad look into the father and how this is going to damage his son right that there is no time in this in a human being's life according to the father that he thinks anyone is worth a shit right we're all terrible we're all sinners we're just waiting to get to the next place and how does that play out when you're telling that to a kid right so i think caleb is this perfect kind of caught in the middle character of the film yeah he's got he He's the only one who wants to do best for everybody. Yes. Yeah. In a weird like, way, he's doing best. what the father thinks he's doing, right? Yeah. But he's got that gluttonous lust altogether. I, I put gluttony in there, too, because he already had caught a rabbit. The rabbit is clear. That's the right. shot def- definitively says he has a rabbit. He's got a bird in the hand. Mm-hmm. And this, this rabbit runs off because he could get more for his family. Mm-hmm. Uh the the him looking at his sister stuff is also dad's fault because he took a he took this burgeoning child away from every other woman in the world yeah this is how weird hillbilly cults started (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true i mean it's gonna happen no matter what right you need to have other human beings Yeah, that tickle fight scene today was very strange. That was a little um, a little twisted. <laughs> the tickle fight, I still see it as she sees him as her little brother. You think? Um, I thought she wanted ju- one person just... to not put shit on her and like kind of yeah, hold her up. Well, I just think, honestly, this is like, I do love this movie, but there's that moment doesn't ring true for me Mm -hmm. the directing just didn't do it right yeah whatever it was i couldn't figure out i think that's where for you the the like what is happening here it's coming from (laughs) i don't i just don't think they could figure out what the tone was of that moment and fake giggling always looks like fake giggling yes that's a good point (laughs) true (laughs) well it's also i mean they are young actors that one of the scenes that i think is kind of it, 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 I always waffle on it, right? As Caleb's grand finale speech, right? And you see this kid just giving it every fucking thing he's got. But to your point, it brings pretty false most of the time. Oh, yeah, no, no. That, that moment, like, that kid was amazing in that moment. I mean, yeah, he's really going for it, but he does the fake laugh a couple times. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. but, you know, he's having a fever dream as his body reacts to this you know, fatal infection. As Wait, we see. So do you think that the movie has no witch and no devil? I personally, your... I personally think it's a more fascinating movie. If it's just this family's neuroses, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that way about the shining. They're very adjacent. I think the witch kind of relieves the pressure of them having to confront their sins and decisions, right? It feels a little bit, cop outy i like the idea that the witch is just this subtle thing that lives in all of their minds that they're weaponizing against each other but i don't i don't know if i definitively think there's no witch well for me from a if if it's a supernatural movie Mm -hmm. the witch the devil is the bad guy the witch is just just took the baby and after that the devil is the one creeping in um and not only so, just took the baby, but like, like that scene oh, is yeah. fucking. It is one of those funny things. And they hardly back, like, show anything, and yeah. you just feel it. You know what it was? They have that like one and a half minute. It feels like a long time. I'm guessing it's like one and a half minute of just the cameras right on top of that beautiful little baby's body, and you see his naked, perfect baby body and this weird kind of old body behind, and then she holds the knife by his belly. 
So you're just seeing this perfect baby and you just want to like slide them out of the frame. And, and so you don't have to see anything like, else. <laughs> the cut to black is like two beats. Yeah. You fill in the blank and then. Yeah, I think it's the pestling the baby. I was like, the pestling God damn. is the and then thing like that is stroking like the, the worst. stick. Yeah. Yeah, that I, is uh, vile. The pestling thing is the. <laughs> watch it. The first time I watched this movie, I literally. I, I had to pause it. I had to stop it, actually. Like, I literally stopped watching it for like 20 minutes. I'm like, that was the most brutal cut I've ever seen in movies. Like, because you're right. Like, it's yeah. all in your mind. So, like, the minute you get back to the frame and you see the pestling stuff, you're like, oh, I know what it is. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's. Well, they set that up with that screeching, it's soaring incredible. score, right? They yeah. used, The first time I think we hear it is when they, they close the gates on them. Is if they've now entered this other reality, right? Mm-hmm. And that witch scene, I mean, it's like, whoa, like it just hits this peak of intensity. So, it's okay, just, we we should talk about this. This is interesting, right? Is there is there not a witch, right? Because I think the peekaboo scene is just classic, perfect horror movie filmmaking, right? That peekaboo scene is just flawless. Mm-hmm. And later, when Thomason's being descended on by her father, she's like, "I didn't see any wolf," right? So there is this. Is that a moment where she's trying to rewrite it because now she's buying into the mass hysteria, right? And trying to deflect and throw blame here and there. So there's a couple. So we see Caleb has the run in with her in the woods and then the the baby's gone and this and that. Is it the kids fucking singing their creepy ass Black Phillip song about how he's the king of the land and sea and has a crown of horns, whatever the fuck they're well, saying? That's their prayer to Satan. Yeah. That's what I, so it, there is like kind of two competing things, Bringing right? him in. Yeah, did the kids summon Satan, right? So if there's Satan, then it's not weird that there's a witch. The witch to me is more just nature itself, right? She is just a predator out in the woods and sure. they are prey, right? She's not some necessarily supernatural force. She's not like out there giving them like poison apples and, you know, cloaking herself. She's just like, oh, you're outside of my house. I'll eat you right now. Great. Right? Well, he I'll literally spit out a poison apple though. Yeah. That's true. He did. Okay, so the that, whole apple. that is definitely a supernatural thing. If we're to believe that these people are, you know, honest narrators at this point of the film and not fully fucking insane. I think well, we don't really. Go ahead. That's your best. That's the best evidence for it being a real. See, But I think the movie, movie itself is I, I'm not sure like these people. I like Jay's point about the folktale. Like this is a thing that gets passed down from like. Yeah, era to era to era and like now it's a movie but like the narrator is not any of these characters in the movie like we're following this story we ourselves are the narrators of this story like if it's a true folktale if we're looking at this as a true folktale which is specifically in the title yeah (laughs) right it's a nuanced story because it comes from a certain point of view so let's say in this case let's say uh Let's say Eggers is the is the teller of the story. Let's say Robert Eggers is the teller of this story. This is a story he heard four billionth hand, wrote it into a movie. So what he's doing is interpreting the story and then whatever pieces he left out, he's creating on his own. Like so really when you think about it, this movie the overall tone overall tone actually is much more about you're like what we're doing right now. That's what this, that's what this folktale is. The interpretation of what this is and how these stories go on and how you pass this beat and pass this story on to your neck, to the next person you tell it to. That's what the folktale is meant to be itself. And this is what old German folktales looked like. Like this is what you would tell your child. You would say, if you leave these walls and go into that wood, (laughs) somebody is going to eat you. Uh, And that, so, like, to that point, that's a that's a really good way. If it's if we're saying this is a folktale, if if it's like if it's like he's recounting a a, a real folktale that happened, this would be whatever actually happened. Like some kind of uh, like dad went crazy and killed everybody when um, when the people from the town came out and saw the mayhem. They went mm-hmm. back and they told this story. And this story got passed on and embellished and whatever. Um, And it's really simple. This is is why it's very, uh, it's very purely to me, um, a 
cautionary tale for other Puritans because what are they really doing? It's little kids running around being maniacs. That's what little kids do. Um, it's uh, a 13 year old boy being horny, whatever. Um, it's a dad who's a little bit uh, distant from his family. That happens. But uh, these are just incredible sins within this movie. Yeah. Um, and okay. So, what's your view from the perspective that it's not a uh that there is no supernatural what's your view on she signs the book she just robes she walks through the woods she sees all the ladies she floats up laughs this is the season of the wind hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, hell like, yeah. what's your fun. vision on what that is so I, I think this is actually you're kind of helping me congeal a lot of these thoughts. Right. So this is someone in the society, probably a very horny old man in the fortress we left. That's why the dude left. Cause he's like, I knew you were looking at my daughter's tits. And that's why the witch had giant tits. Right. Because it's some old creep at the pub or whatever. So I like the idea of that. Right. And also the in recounting it, those people would have a vested reason to make these supernatural elements pop because their whole life is built around religion, right? Sure. That was their whole And let's cause. not forget they fucking hate that guy. Right. Exactly right. So seeing <laughs> him be falsely pious yeah. and right. be destroyed is, you know, just like a wet dream scenario for them, right? A choose-your-own-wet-dream-adventure <laughs> for them. They are loving that story. So right. to me, there's something that I loved in the movie they did, right? Like when we first see, uh, you know, Anna Joy Taylor, right? She's sitting there. She's like, they do a lot yeah. of this where she's directly dead in frame, right? And she's kind of looking up, right? Looking up, head bowed, you know, praying, asking for something, right? Someone's judging down on her, telling her something is happening that's going to change her life. And they do that shot several times in the movie. What I love about that finale, right, is when she's fucking starting to float and laughing. When she brings her head forward, her eyes are obscured by shadow. And the last thing we see is we look up and she's way the fuck up there above us, right? That by embracing herself, right, she has this new freedom and, you know, power. Finally truly happy. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, I'm sure if you're doing the folktale retelling, right, I, I think this it actually all makes sense, right? If you look at it as this is a family that just lost their way, uh, the father even says, like, we will conquer this wilderness. It won't consume us. Well, it, it fucking does, right? And maybe she runs away from a father who's about to kill her or whatnot. And this is how they would imagine that. You know, so for her, I, I like the idea of I tried to be pious. My whole family gave everything to this God. And what did we get? It's it's the classic book of Job, which they even mention in the movie. Right. That's one of those stories that I remember hearing at school. And they're like, see, look how good of a Christian Job was. He let God kill his whole family and his fucking house and all his livestock so he could like prove like a, a barroom wager with the devil. And, you know, Job, Job hung on. And now, you know, it was cool after that. I'm like, yeah, I'm right. sure Job just put away all that emotional baggage and had a great rest of his life. <laughs> you know, that's fine. I know the the end of that book is much shorter than the start. And I think this is a very Job-like existence, right? Like when everything gets fucking taken away from you and she's sitting there like, I didn't fucking do anything wrong. My mom wanted to murder me and called me a slut like I was seducing dad, you know? So there's all this like built up, you know, scabs they're peeling off, right? These emotional wounds. In that moment when she hits her mom and kills her, right? She kind of lays there under her for a couple seconds. And I think that's just a death and rebirth moment, right? That she's just, she's done. Everything she's ever had is gone, right? You could not be further from her warm memories of her house with windows in England, right? And I don't know if the ending is something that I truly think would happen, or if that's just, you know, I mean, if it does, then it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, I want to fucking live deliciously. This life is shit. Yeah. Right. Like, I absolutely want to live deliciously. So I, I don't know. I waffle a lot. I think I personally think the movie is just so brilliant in how they play out the building tension of these people. And there's there's a clear hatred of everyone in this family, of everyone else in the family. I think they all know they fucked up. And you're in so deep and there's no getting out of well, it now. I mean, it's I think inevitable. it's like a trickle down thing, though. Like the dad hates himself because yeah. he's fucked his whole family. And he but absolutely he can't say knows anything. It. Yeah. But yeah, he totally knows, it, but he can't say anything. So he's 
like we said already, he's living off this like false pride. The wife hates her husband because she he fucked everything up and she now has to deal with the fact that like not only that like she they don't live in a society anymore. They have to live in the woods and there's a lot more shit to do and not only that like there's four four kids including a newborn, you know. Five. Thomason, you know, five, sorry, five. Jesus Christ, there's so many kids, my god. Mm-hmm. Um Thomason hates her parents Thomas hates her parents because they're total dicks. And not only that, like halfway through the movie, they're like, <laughs> we might have to send you to another family. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know. well, like, it, which is a ridiculous idea. So it's insane. I think, <laughs> I think the moms, everybody has their own sin. Uh, yeah, dad totally. is pride. The mom is uh, jealousy or covetousness. Oh, Cause there's good, a yeah. certain point. There's a certain point where she wishes she had the life that she had before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also when she finally starts yelling at Thomason and tells her what she really thinks, she she thinks she's gonna fuck her son and her husband because right. she's young and pretty. That's what that's what is is going on. Um, she also okay. So let's put on our this is uh, we're within the folk tale and this <laughs> is supernatural hats for a second. Um, when you were talking about. Uh, oh, what's the kids? Caleb. Caleb's mm-hmm. uh, little laughy prayer. Um, what I saw there was Satan coming in and mocking the mother because the mother had just described. Um, oh yeah. When she that when she came to Jesus when she was about Caleb's age, mm-hmm. um, she saw him as more comforting and more tender and sweeter than the yeah. most loving husband. And then he, from my perspective, throws back at her the exact prayer that he that she said on that day, laughing because that's Satan talking. Caleb's already dead. Yeah, Satan is describing, and it's I will sit in thy lap. He's like, you weren't praying to Jesus. You were masturbating, thinking about the sexy man on that cross. It was me there with you. That's true. <laughs> um, I think she <laughs> was sexy for Jesus. Um, oh, if you go to Hobby Lobbies, there's like a whole genre of hot Jesus <laughs> merchandise, and it is weird to say the least. You know, I actually saw that scene pretty similar, but just from an alternate version. I thought that was a a reinforcer that there was nothing supernatural. I looked at it as this family sitting there and this mother and father having to watch this son who's out of his mind with fever or whatnot just regurgitate the nonsense that they've been feeding him for years and when you hear it coming out of this fucking fever sick boy's mouth how insane and stupid it sounds and they're watching in horror like oh shit these are our own words being used against us and then watching their other kids just turn right like those two little twins are just the fucking worst right they're absolutely the worst what a bunch of instigators yeah, and they're just sitting there like, so as their one son's dying, they're trying to pray it out, and he's saying all this horrible shit that they've said, right? They've heard it out of their mouths. Their other kids are like, she did it, she, no, they did it, and they're faking, and when the two twins start repeating what he's saying, that to me was like a parenting moment. I don't know, maybe, you know, I think about that with my kids, like when you hear them say something you've said, and you go, ooh, fuck, like I don't, I don't want everyone to know out in public that that's how I talk all the time. Right. When you hear them say like, God damn it. Or something like that. It's like, Oh, that's, you know, the father's words coming from the, the mouth of babes. So I don't know. I, I think, I mean, yeah, that could also, you know, be, it sounded the, like a mocking prayer. It sounded like yeah. that's why he was laughing. Yeah, I kind of like, yeah. If you listen to the first part of that, mm-hmm. the very beginning of it is this kid terrified and screaming, Jesus, please save me. Jesus, please save me. And then he rises up yeah, and he starts smiling and bring me to your bosom and let me sit upon thy lap. Of course, lap. bring you to the bosom, Caleb. God damn. I think, I think Caleb bring that died. To the bosom. I think Caleb died back here. Yeah. And like, I, I like that. I mean, and sense. the devil's just having a little bit of fun before he goes. All right. I so I was trying sense. to look it up, right? Because now you've intrigued me. There are seven members of this family and there are seven deadly seven sins. Seven deadly sins. Okay. And that was one of the scenes that I fucking loved was when the father couldn't even tell Caleb that the baby wasn't burning in hell. That a newborn baby somehow is just this carrier of sin because that's what we are. I was like, that is a stunning 
admission by this man to his son, right? So I don't I know it, what exactly the baby would be. I guess Sloth. He's the only one not doing anything. <laughs> no, no, the kids are the kids are uh, play. They play idle games. They they're they. Oh no, maybe Mom is Sloth a little bit. Yeah, I think Mom's Sloth. Yeah, she but she's depressed. Chores, man. I mean, the she's mom depressed. could be anger for sure too. Well, wrath happens from everybody eventually. I don't know if this is the official list. I don't remember anger, right? But it says pride, envy, gluttony, wrath. lust. Wrath is wrath. Anger. That's it. Wrath and greed, right? So I, I don't know who these all would fit under, but it would be fun to rewatch the movie and try to see, try to see who that would be. I don't think they all get deadly sins, but they all have some sort of sin. Yeah. Um, the deadly ones were, that's a whole Catholic thing. They're not Catholic. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're the freaks. Uh, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> but I think if there is like outside of like for the, for the viewer or for anybody who would read this folktale, I think a good message from this movie is <laughs> almost chill out. Almost what the, what the guy was telling him at the beginning, <laughs> where like, if you, if you, are so by the book and so pure following the rules whatever it is that you can't even like lie to your child even if you believe like uh, like he wasn't baptized he's gonna go to hell even if you believe that just like give your son some hope yeah (laughs) caleb's like nine shut up (laughs) he can't this dude can't have fun at all yeah and that's why he was kicked out when you're not fun enough for the Puritans. <laughs> yeah. And that's what leads to, that's literally what leads Thomas into the witches. Like she'd like some fun. I mean, that, that is the like, most logical like decision of all time. Right. For Thomas at the end, like there's no, that's a no brainer decision. I imagine she's Thomason is still alive in the 20th century as a kick-ass witch just wandering around looking for babies. I like to believe that I, I, I love, cause I mean like the, the black Philip reveal at the end is like one of those, like Dude. just all timer scenes when that voice drops. Cause you for a second are like, the is voice is incredible insane? for one. Oh, but then the other right. thing that I love about is like, he doesn't just go straight to like, cause like living deliciously could be like misconstrued. It's a little bit, could be a little out there. He literally lists like, you know, do you want a, a dress? Like, Y'all want some like, butter? Y'all want that want, butter? Like, do you want, like, cool shit? Like, it yeah, he doesn't lead with see the world. No. <laughs> see the world yeah, happens eventually. Yeah. There you go. He literally is like, do you want I think just, the like, first thing he says is butter. And, uh, Are you tired of your is, flat and flavorless bread? It literally starts with, do you want to taste good food and do you want to wear nice clothes? Like, those are, like, the basics of humanity. And, like, of course she's going to say yes. Who the yeah. hell wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think this is the thing, though, right? It gets back to this when we build these societies, right? Because we don't have to do the work of everything, which they have to do on this farm, we're able to build these kind of myths and fairy tales and tell ourselves all these things about ourselves, right? We have more time for that kind of shit. And I think what happens is as you leave society, I heard this once, right? It was an interesting thought on religion, right? That if we were wiped out by an asteroid and the next like civilization after us rises up right hundreds of years thousands of years in whatever however fucking long the timetables are they would come back to physics and gravity and these kind of like scientific truths right but all of their religions would be wildly different than us right and based on their none of our religions would come back as they are because they would be based now on the stories of their times right and i thought that was a really interesting idea and this movie kind of hinges on that. The further you get out from society, you are just met with the absolute brutal nature of the world. And what happens when your myths and stories about yourself and your God and your family, all of these things just get fucking crushed by reality? And what do you well, have left, right? Because by the end of the movie, he picks up that little fucking kid, right? And he's just like, I'll put an ax in his fucking face. And I was like, yeah, he's done. Like, that guy is spent. Yeah. He's got nothing left to give a shit about. And it's it's grueling to sit through for all of it. The mom fucking crawls in the grave with Caleb. It is just this unrelenting misery for all of these fucking people. There is a scene I want to ask about. What do you make of... Was that crow really 
breastfeeding. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And what happened in that barn? Caleb, when he's in his fever dream, he says, uh, a great black dog, a wolf, a crow, the axe swings. Um, so, I don't know, man. I'm still in the camp, but I think it's all real. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I guess he does. I think it's because I always get hung up on the wolf thing, but yeah, dude, he... I think it's real. He swings the axe. Yeah, well, Black Phillip could be the wolf, technically. The wolf that's in true. sheep's Black clothing. Black Phillip could be the crow. The wolf Black in, Phillip in is lamb's all of clothing. Them. That's true. Black Phillip is all of that shit. Black Phillip yeah. is no, totally. Satan. Satan is the rabbit. Satan is Black Phillip. Uh, yeah. The big black the dog, I can only like... assume, is their dog that gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, perhaps. But yeah, we see a witch actually drinking from a teat and then just massacres those kids and leaves Thomason. I guess that becomes the question then, right? So if this is all supernatural and the mom didn't just like tug on her boob until it bleeds in the night, whatever, has like runner nipples or whatnot. And it's like really a crow going at it. Why is Thomason left amidst that carnage? What do you Why mean? are the parents and Thomason left alive? Do you alive? think it maybe is because she knows? Not, not to say she knows what's going on, but like, do you think it maybe is because of all the sins her sin was simply to like, or uh, it's envy, envy of another life. That would be well, Thomason's sin. Thomason, they want, they want her soul. They want her to sign the book. That's that true. works. Yeah. That's they need true. to get everybody else out. They also had, but did it, mom because that's the, the thing. Didn't. Yeah. So if the mom signs the book, why have Thomason kill her? Like, why are you? Taking I don't think out they recruits? planned for Thomason to kill her necessarily. Oh, uh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Thomason killing the mother was like they're like well she's in now i mean there's really she's legacy. Not to sign the book. <laughs> yeah. your soul's like, legacy let's, let's get rid of everybody except for the adult women we need some more witches oh shit yeah. she killed her all right yeah. well remove that shit true let's do this <laughs> oh yep yeah because she comes out and sh- the mom is very different in that moment she doesn't seem as tormented now now mm. she is this vengeful she wants a piece right like there is yeah. a part although actually because that's what uh, Caleb's saying to her, right, is like, you'll get to spend all the time with us. Right. So maybe she is just, she signed the book, right? So he gets the soul still, but really she is there just to push Thomason over the edge. I don't know. I yeah. thought I thought that whole scene was really, I like the way that all rolled out. Because also they just wake up the next morning and they're just in bed together, right? Her and the dad and... Yeah. You know, I was like, did you not notice her getting up with the candles lit and the fucking crow squawking and nibble biting? and Like, none of that Are woke you, you up? He's sleepy. It's been a long week. Yeah, because that segment to me felt really false. Was that? that well, but that's right the before he has the, to, like, the barn. Wait, is he so, wow. He's in the, is he in the bed? And she's the doing next that morning, in the bedroom? He's in the bed and he wakes up, right? And he crawls over her and we see her uh, bloody tit, right? And then he goes out and gets his axe, and that's when he's like, oh, oh. And he sees the, the barn has been split open, and there's, right. you know, carnage. And well, that's when, when Black Phillip ganks him, yeah. Black Phillip, yeah. But she is in the bed with him, and he's there in the morning, right? So that's why I was like, that that scene is one of those weird where the two halves of the story collide, right? What's happening the in the cabin feels false. He's outside praying. Like telling everyone yes. he's got telling yeah it's the same night right and then he's he goes God, in and like, goes to bed I know I fucked up like and everyone gets me. fucking eaten also like they didn't hear the scream of the children being fucking mangled by the witch is the father bewitched at that po- there's a lot going on in this segment of the film I think by this time you have to assume that the witch or Black Philip has literally like in like he's set all these pieces up they're all just gonna take a fall. They're all falling down. But it's the thing. If you take it as this is someone's retelling of what they think happened to this family, then it it doesn't really, it's not that strange, right? Then this is the moment when everyone has to pay up for their sins, right? So the father's laying there impotent, unable to help as all this carnage is happening. The mother's already ready to move on and fucking sacrifice her babes for the two she lost. Then it's all it all makes sense from a you know someone who's trying to get a point across to a kid folktale segment, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. think that's what I I take away from this movie. The more I watch it, 
is I love the fact that the movie never settles one way or another, right? Well, right. even Thomason waking up that morning didn't know what happened. Right. Yeah. This is magic stuff. Uh, so, like, that's true. The fact that they couldn't hear them inside the house, the fact that she didn't know what just happened, yeah, is yeah. is weird enough. But, but I agree. I, I like that this is. I mean, again, I like that it's a. And you said it perfectly at the top, Jay. Like, I like that it is. It's a folk tale, like. It's a folktale, so of course there, like, there's stuff that like because we watch movies, we're gonna poke holes in certain levels of logic. Like, you're not gonna hear people get murdered in the middle of the night. Like, of course not. It's a story. Like, it's a folktale that you would always right. tell, and like, that would absolutely not be a thing. Like, yes, everyone was sleeping, and then they were not awoken by the sounds. But you know that happened for sure. Like, it's well, I think yeah. that's what it does brilliantly is I don't I don't think of that as like trying to poke plot holes. Right. I think what they're telling no. us is that if you think this is a supernatural film, it works perfectly. Yeah. If you think it's not and it's a retelling of these this family that turned in on themselves and destroyed each other, it also still works perfectly. Right. Like this isn't one of those that gets too caught up in the rules of the magic. Right. A lot of horror movies want to explain away right. the processes and the rules and they fucked themselves up, right? I call that the it follows conundrum, right? Brilliant fucking conceit that by the end of act three, you're like, none of this works and makes sense. It was a really fun ride, but it just doesn't add up at all, right? That and that, I think, that movie actually, I, I was with you when I, I was on the same page the first time I saw that movie. Yeah. It took yeah. me about three times to just roll with how it was doing it. Yeah, and it, it's such good that filmmaking that you're just like, yeah. Yeah, I don't care by the time you get to like, all of those things, right? But I think this one is it's it just leaves this very ambiguous kind of cloud over the whole story, right? Right. And you never quite know. It's funny cuz it feels so ultra realistic to the time. But you never feel like your feet are on solid ground. You never actually know what the fuck is happening the whole movie. And yeah. I think that helps just build this sense of dread that a lot yeah. of movies just never capture. Yeah, and it's so quiet. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There, I, I noticed this when on the rewatch when Samuel disappears. There's no crescendo. In my head, there's a crescendo. It's just he's gone. Yep. Yeah. They also this is that movie is really good for a second viewing too because you know what's coming, and she does the peekaboo at the camera like three times, and you keep thinking it's about to happen the yeah this whole movie is suspense without re like with without relief almost the entire yeah. time there's no moment of like levity right the closest yeah. you get is one minute when the father's like oh, i stole your fucking cup and the mother's like now i'll be mad at you and she kisses thomason on the forehead and it's like that's like the only kind of moment of sweetness Maybe the tickle fight. You're like, so they're like so fucking few and far between. The one for me that I love, there's two moments with the kid. I love those little kids, even though that they're the, yeah. they're the maniacs who brought Satan into their home. <laughs> um, I like, uh, leave thy sister be. She likes it. I think that that is one of the funny. <laughs> oh my that God. That is a good no. beat. But like those little kids are the fun for me, even though like that's that's supposed to be like from the perspective of like a pious person. Um, one of the like they're not paying attention to their wild children. They want to yell at the only one that's good right. um, and they want to <laughs> discipline. Uh, they want to like Caleb is trying to do good, but they'll never tell him what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. uh, right. They just think Thomason's got this. What meanwhile, these two fucking creatures like they literally have it on have them like on a kid leash like yeah oh my god the, the scene when they're fence. calling for the kids and they're just like fucking on the road no they're hilarious <laughs> they're tied and, up <laughs> and besides for the actual uh becoming the witch scene which is like hey, this the, the becoming the witch scene is it's like midsummer where like you're happy for her yeah. <laughs> but, absolutely but like, the road yeah. to get here like uh i don't it, it's like hey listen i don't condone it but this is your lifestyle now <laughs> if it makes yeah. you happy whatever <laughs> uh but like besides 
besides for that moment when she is fucking with the little girl and she's just like, oh, oh yeah. I'd be the witch of the wood. I feel so like happy for her. She yeah. just snapped. Yeah. You know what? Funny though, watching that again today, that scene makes me so sad because you're like, fuck, she's signing her own death warrant. Like her just snapping that- at her sister. She's absolutely giving the ammunition to kind of completely send her mother over the edge. Cause again, you just, you see them so desperate to put the blame on her. The mom wants to pin her the whole fucking movie. Because she's jealous of her. Yeah, and so two fucking crazy kids that have acted like little assholes the whole movie, when they start freaking out, she's like, they're a perfectly logical source of information. Oh, like, yeah. I'll take These are their my word sweet little babies. It. Yeah, it's, it's fucking brutal, man. And uh, the little girl is the first and only, the very first person to say that there's a witch of the wood. Not a single person ever said witch. Nobody yeah. said witch. They said wolf. Mm-hmm. It was right. a wolf. But yep. she heard it from Black Phillip. And so I, I saw say, her in her red cloak, she said. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I saw, she mentioned I saw her riding exactly in her red, the red riding cloak. cloak. Yeah. And and she she's full of shit. She's she's she <laughs> when she says like we as the audience almost believe her. She said she was a witch. She said it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not true. Yeah. But you just you watch them shake, and you're like, "Fuck, they're gonna they're gonna kill Thomason because these fucking re- kids." They were even faking it the whole time that they were laying down, because yeah. as soon as Dad picks, as soon as that was actually like a part that I forgot that Dad was on board after yeah. Thomason explains what happened. Black belt, you know, she, he whis- she whispers. They whisper to a goat. That's the devil. It's got to be yeah. the devil. And he's, he's just like, yeah. "Oh, shit. okay." <laughs> he's like, oh, "Wait a second. <laughs> Uh, and then when he picks the kid up, the kids start screaming. He's like, oh, you were full of shit. Yeah. But no, I mean, there, there's a great moment, right, when he boards them up in the fucking sty. And they're just, there's that great shot of them just, like, chilling by Black Phillip. And Thomason yeah. just says, are you, are you witches? And I was like, that is low-key terrifying, right? Because yeah. at this point, she doesn't even know her own fucking reality, right? Because you see when Thomason gets dragged out and she's telling the father and he's cursing her out and threw her on the ground, she immediately turns it on those kids. They're the fucking witches. And listening to you talk, you're like, maybe they are the fucking patients. Well, totally are. They're talking to Black Phillip and the then he was a dude. But the way so fucking quick to just be like, yeah, go kill those twins. You're like, holy shit, man. The knives are out. The familial bonds are done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really, I mean, I think that kind of stuff is the the things that really scare the shit out of me about this movie. Because you can imagine, I mean, it's, it's Lord of the Flies. There are so many classic tales like this. When you take us out of our safe spaces and all of this fucking politeness and bullshit goes away, what are we capable of? And it's fucking oh, yeah. horrifying. I, I will ask you this, though. So... The kids are talking to Black Phillip. How did this meeting happen? When when do you think this occurred with the kids? And when they went out to the woods, were they just more... Because I didn't see Black Phillip in the cart. That's what I was looking for today. But they obviously must have brought him... They always whisper and sing with, oh, where did he come from? Yeah. You think they brought him from the plantation? Was he there just waiting for someone to wander off? So between... Going to the plantation and the very next scene is a while because he built a whole house. Yes, that's true. Yep. Um, so they must have just like they bought seed, they bought uh, flour, they bought a goat. Yep. So the fucking Satan goat or the goat could just be the portal. But <laughs> yeah, no, it is. yeah. The, 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 the rabbit. Or, I wondered if it was the rabbit first and then it's also the rabbit. He became because the rabbit. Into Black Phillip. Yeah, I didn't know. The rabbit is black, too. And the and the raven. Uh, Whoever is the animal casting director found the most satanic eyeballed animals ever. Just crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> crushed it on the evil animal castings. It must. I, th- I think it's our, uh, like, humans have, like, the forward-facing eyes, the predatory eyes, which have, uh, like, you know, emotion in them. Yep. Prey yeah. animals... Uh, it's just in our DNA that prey animals look lifeless, so we'll be more okay to eat them. And there's like, <laughs> that's all. Awesome. Damn, it's true. And that's 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 why they scare us so much when yeah. you got to stare yeah. into those weird eyes. Just those dead, lifeless eyes. Yeah. 
That's why the witch had to distract Caleb from looking at her eyes with all that fucking cleavage. <laughs> but I, I thought that was the funniest scene. I'm sorry. I know I mentioned it twice. I could not stop laughing when Caleb just does this sad, just inevitable walk of shame <laughs> into the I, forbidden bosom. <laughs> with uh, with the Thomas and bosom scenes, uh, like I said, it just it always rings untrue to me, and I I just think that this twelve year old was like uncomfortable to do this yeah. in the movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's probably this is straight. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like I or like I I like this, but I don't want her to know I like it. We're yeah. just acting. We're just playing. We're just acting. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> it's every kid actor ever when they're around. A, well, no, Alex had lady. me. Alex once directed a play and made me act in it. And when I got the script, I was like, what? Because the whole the whole show is called Fat Pig, right? It's a Neil LeBute play. And the whole gist is essentially a guy wants to date an overweight woman. And Alex was like, you would be perfect for this role. I came in and it's just a guy who constantly says how horrible fat women are. <laughs> and the lead actress was the nicest lady. And we were having a hard time. She's like, really, my feelings won't be hurt. Like, go for it. And I was like, this sucks. It was the first the first read through Griffey pulled me aside. He's like, I don't think I should do this. This is like, I, I couldn't I look like her this. in the eye. I felt horrible. It's like, I actually like this person. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, she's, she's a professional. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. But when she gave me the green light, it was all poor Caleb. But... <laughs> poor Caleb. Yeah, just... poor fuck... Dude, Caleb is doing massive amounts of work in this movie, which I did not give him enough credit for. He's really yeah, got he's... a lot of weight. That's one of the main problems. It's like when in that time period, even now in like Amish country, he is a man. He is old enough to do all the stuff. But mm. dad, honestly, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know how to use a flintlock rifle. He just right. got it. You yeah. don't put put the whole ass rope in there. You cut off a piece. You shove it in. He has no idea what he's doing. I thought that so was just can't... a gun thing. I didn't know because I was like, this seems no. That's wrong. why it blew up. On <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know jack shit about guns or cars, so I just take everything I see in movies as fact. But <laughs> no, yeah, and that dude, that dude doesn't know anything either. Yeah. Uh, and so since he doesn't know shit, he can't teach his son shit except about the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's got not going to teach him how to chop wood because that's his job. Yeah. Right. Well remembered, but not well understood, Dad. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just I I watch this movie and it's like I kind of come back to this one to get inspired now. Mm -hmm. I think it's just I think it's just craft just flows in abundance in this movie. Mm. I mean, from the actors to the script to the pacing to the score. I mean, like you said, Alex, when that black Philip voice hits, that's a fucking sledgehammer moment. Yeah. And you I mean, you can't you can't get that unless you have done so much work yeah. to earn it. And I I just think this movie's it. fucking beautiful, man. Yeah. You can't do it unless you've built the dread is just incredible. Like yeah. I, I don't think I've ever watched a movie that builds and builds dread in a meaningful way to like up to that moment. Like even beyond that moment you're like what is going to happen? Like it's just a fucking masterclass in mood and tone. And honestly, yeah, like how to tell a story that's how to tell a story that like is oddly timeless and shouldn't be. But like, it is just one of those things. Like, like you were saying, like, letting silence it speak for itself. It's yes. amazing. Um, that going back to the, the witch cutting up the baby scene, that is Nosferatu levels of leaving it to the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely that's something we just don't do anymore it's really he's yeah he's great it's incredible it's, yeah that god it is funny i left the theater the first time so mad that it wasn't scary and you're like there's a baby just massacring a, a you know which massacring a baby into suntan lotion yeah and i was like meh <laughs> it's like i look at it now and i'm like what the fuck was wrong you with got me? problems dude well this was pretty <laughs> much the creation of a genre this was the beginning yeah. of it. I mean, there were there were more before this, but this was this was the beginning of the horror trend that we have right now. The dread. Like you like you were saying you were saying earlier, the beginning of this A twenty four track that Very we're on. Very much so. And yeah. so it's hard to your expectations were that you you couldn't possibly have known what you were about to see. Yeah. And I think it's funny looking back, our friend Josh Lobo said that on the Fear Street ones. He's like I don't. I would never even try to make another witch movie. Like this movie, pretty much just fucking dominated. It. 
And it's because I always think that the premier movie witch to me is the witch from Pumpkinhead. I saw that as a young man and it has been in like the dark places of me my whole life and scares me on dark nights still. <laughs> and I think this one, it's funny because it's a movie called the witch. And I really don't think the witch is an enormous part of this film. Right. Again, I think is she just represents Thomason? nature and dark. No, I don't. The title witch. So. It's weird. I didn't the see that witch at the Thomason. bonfire. What? Yeah, you would think that 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 witch would be at the bonfire. That maybe we'd get a little cutaway to a you oh, know she is fellow over there. union She's member. She's the only old one. She doesn't. Oh, fly that's with right. She's right not right. in uh, her Esmeralda look. She's a. That's lady. the witch. Shit. Fuck, dude. Okay, so there you go. I yeah, never even thought about I don't that. Know, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> it really it is. is an incredible film. And yeah, I, just, and I, I think do like, I like what we've come here, what we've come to here that like, he called it a folktale. Some people make up folktales based on things that actually happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me think of Amityville, yeah. where like, yep. uh, I hope you guys are on the same page as me that ghosts aren't real. I mean, I want them to be, I want everything yeah, to would. be real. I just assume they're not. Uh, yeah, I assume I'm with, they're I'm not. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so so there was a horrific murder at Amityville or right. two separate horrific murders at Amityville. And as the story went on and on and on pretty quickly because it was the seventies and they wanted to churn out new horror movies. Um, it, it immediately turned into a folktale. We still yep. do that now. Yep. And this is the Amityville of the 1660s. Um, this guy If this is, if we're talking about a folktale based, like the way that folktales really happen, where they're based on things that actually happen, and mm-hmm. somebody from that town told this story, this guy's pride is is the is the is the way to tell people never to leave the town. Yeah. Like he had his Amityville yeah. moment. He had his uh, Jack Torrance moment. Yeah. Well, that's what I was I was stuck with, right? Is because I think. I don't think there's ghost and haunted, but I do think there are haunted places, right? I think there are places we go and we know something bad happened and then our mind starts working against ourselves, right? And unraveling. And so it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think a lot of that, you know, is in this movie too, where if you yeah. constantly see the devil in everything, that motherfucker's going to show up in some yeah. form or another, whether it's a goat or just an angry dad or a pissed off teenage daughter, whatever the devil will come to find you. If that's yeah, all you that, ever think about. Totally. You, you dictate your own reality. Yeah. You create yeah. the symbols to interpret the world around you. Yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah, man. That's it for the witch. Jay, you were phenomenal, man. You Dude, came in ready. You, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I would so love to come fun. back if I can. Open invite, man. Uh, Would you like to tell everyone one more time? (gasps) Okay. So I don't know if you know this about me. Highlander's my favorite movie of all time. And I love it so much that I've been so afraid to ever try to talk about it for fear that it won't be the greatest Highlander episode of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been mentally preparing for years to do Highlander. But yes, you would be welcome on a Highlander pod. Yes. Would you like to tell everyone one last time where they can find you on the socials? Um, at J Rollins Art. That's J A Y. Awesome. J. Rollins. And, oh, sorry. Rollins like Henry. Like Henry. Henry. That's right. And we'll put all that in the show notes and details, guys. Make sure you find Jay's stuff. Uh, you know the deal, guys. Thirty-one days. Thirty-one. <laughs> it's so much, but we love it. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>